Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I am here today with my friend, Alex Weber. So he and I actually go way back from ninja warrior training. And uh, so, yes, he's a ninja athlete, but he's also a motivational speaker. He's now an author and he's doing all sorts of exciting stuff that I'm actually really excited to catch up on. So, Alex, how are you doing today? (laughs) I'm great. And thank you so much for having me. And, you know, first thing I'll own. uh, So, yeah, Courtney and I met in uh, in L.A. and I I still have flashbacks of when uh, we were at like Dojo Boom and going off to like the foam pit and you were helping me learn how to do a backflip and still a work in progress. I'll be real with you. But, uh, you know, in this last year and we'll go into the why, um, I moved to Boulder, Colorado, which has been great, but today we have a windstorm. So my house, uh, ran out of power. So this is my mobile office for the day, which is uh, my car. But I will say there's beautiful mountains back there. And so uh, I can't see them, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> just a green screen. Um, no, I'm so fired up to be here. And, you know, I, I was thankful that, you know, we've been able to reconnect a bit on, on some different topics. And uh, yeah, just excited to talk with you. Yeah, likewise, likewise. So for my audience who may not be as familiar, tell them a little bit about what you do and how things have shifted in what you do as of Yeah, I I appreciate that. So I I, I guess I'll pick it up from, you know, my first dream was to play college lacrosse. And why I go back there is because that was my first, I was a bullied kid and that was my first, oh, wow, this is a goal that means something to me. So I played D1 in the Ivy League, and that was awesome. It was a chapter. Mm-hmm. At the end of that chapter, I was supposed to go into finance, which mm-hmm. is a great chap, which is a great path if it's right for you. I yeah. knew deep in me it wasn't. And I had a very honest moment with my heart, my soul, whatever you want to call it. I call it brave honesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brave honesty said, follow your fire. And in that, I've discovered. So I left finance. I moved to LA because my fire was uh, something with people and inspiring and entertainment. I didn't know what that was, but it led me to coaching high school lacrosse, which was a side job, but I ended up winning U S lacrosse coach of the year in my first year. It led me to, I got drawn to TV hosting and that's where I first hosted with NBC American Ninja Warrior, Discovery Channel, FX. I won an award with NBC and was doing stand up comedy. And then that, that voice inside me again, I've discovered that for me, and this is my way of answering this question because it applies to now. For me, my time, Alex, in this body, on this earth, 
I need to do purpose. I have lived chapters of my life where I have not been close to purpose. And I am not a good, happy version of myself. I'm a version that seeks distractions, seeks anything (laughs) to take me away from it. Um, So that led me, that purpose I quickly discovered is people. I love people. I'm very good at communicating with people. And whether that was U.S. Lacrosse Coach of the Year or doing stand-up comedy, which is you are communicating, feeling of people, uh, or TV hosting, which is all with people. And that led me to being a keynote speaker and doing TEDx talks and you know traveling the world speaking. And I just had my first book published. Um, I also run a men's community for men to... Uh, Okay. I also run a men's community for men to become the best versions of themselves. All of it. I love. Okay. (laughs) If that was what the world was, I would just keep being this version of me because I really love this purpose of people and how it's showing up as a speaker and an author and a community leader. Yeah. I have really wrestled over the last couple of years with what is going on in the world and that it is not in my opinion in my eyes and facts and science it doesn't seem to be geared towards people and truly people's interests and helping them and saving them and leading them and so i've tried to block that out and then that version of me that i didn't like showed up because my heart and my soul knew that there's this other if my purpose is people There's this big thing going on that I'm trying to what wait out or endure. And every so often my soul would get the better of me, get the better of me. I am a soul. I would listen to what I really am and I would do something. And that took the form of comedy videos. It's taken the form of me speaking in in love. It's taking the form of me speaking with a little more passion and fire. And I'll be very real right now. I'm at a bit of a crossroads of, can I do both? can I be a speaker and an author and be a leader and speak up on what I see in the world? Or is there a fork in the road? And that keeps me up at night. Um, But that's, you know, that's part of why I'm grateful for this experience with you right now. Wow. Well, there's so much in there. Like I have so many questions and I know we have a finite period of time. So I'm going to do my best to make this pithy. Um, But let's start with a little bit about, Um, What is it that you see is going on in the world? And I'm very curious. I know you started this town hall um, and, you know, I've seen some of the communities that you've created and there seems to be a bit of a shift because, I mean, I remember talking to you a few years ago and I feel like, you know, your, your thoughts on things were very, very different. So I'm really curious, like, yeah, what do you see? And <laughs> I, I think one thing is, I think that as uh, how people have experienced me and experienced is kind of like, okay, they see something on social media or whatever is positive, happy, go lucky guy or mm-hmm. energetic. And that's a hundred percent true of who I am, Sure, but I'm not a golden retriever. I, I have other aspects of myself. I also get sad. I also get depressed. I also get scared. Uh, and, and I'm also confused and searching. And so I, and at its core, you're a robot. <laughs> I'm not a robot. Right. At its core, I love life. I love life so much. So when people see positive energy, it's because I'm genuinely excited about little things in life, about how cool this is that we get to do this. I love people. 
So that is where my view of the world is. So as we go into this next topic, what is too bad, what's too bad is that as you discuss, as we discuss this, people immediately run it through a lens of, oh gosh, you're a Democrat. Oh gosh, you're Republican. Oh gosh, you're pro this, you're anti this, you're bitter. And that's really too bad because what that does is apply bickering and arguing to a topic that is too important and a topic where we're all about 85% the same. And we just have different views of how we accomplish that goal. What I mean by that, and and I won't be coy, it's the last two years uh, of this, what do you, I, I, I guess it's been referred to as a pandemic. I'm not big on titles and definitions because those mean something different to different people. Um, well, and they also has been changing. Sorry? <laughs> I, I did a post not, not too long ago, you know, where they literally changed the definitions of pandemics. They changed the definitions of, you know, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I will talk on what I know. What I know is that these two years, because listen, we're about to be in 2022 and this isn't going away. So we're at two years, Yeah, two years of a timeline where we could be having this podcast potentially in two more years and say, gosh, we're at four years now. So I have really struggled with this. This is what I know. I know that there has not been a lot of transparency. Mm -hmm. I know that there are people who are not being cared for with love and empathy. And when those people try to speak up of, Hey, we're hurting. Mm -hmm. They're not only gaslit, they're attacked, they're marginalized and they have their work, their liberties, their ability to live taken from them. And to me, check your team. To me, it just doesn't add up. So then the person who loves people and loves purpose starts to look at this some more and see what doesn't add up. And let's just talk about this. Who hides things? Mm -hmm. Do truthful people hide things or do liars hide things? Mm -hmm. We live in a time where people, smart people, smart doctors with track records of 40 years, like renowned, well-respected, good-hearted nurses and doctors are being banned and threatened and losing their livelihoods. What's going on? Mm -hmm. What's going on here? So then it just is up to us as citizens to decide how much do we want to dig? Now we're at a place in this journey where most people, if you simply say, all right, I'll do X, Y, and Z, you can probably live a life that is somewhat similar to the life that you lived two years ago. If you decide to wear a mask here, if you decide to vaccinate and boost, if you decide to comply with X, Y, and Z, your life is probably 85 to 90% similar I would just interject very quickly because that's not similar at all. Those are huge changes. So massively. Well, well, what I say by that is because I think that some people and I, I, you know, it's tough. There's micro and there's macro aspects of this. Sure. The micro are the policies and how we comply and all that. The macro, and this is just the hard truth is I believe that those who are in positions of power, like real power, like above political office power and who own the amount of money and influence 
Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I do not believe that they care for humanity. And mm-hmm. at the top at highest of level, whenever, whoever listens to this, whenever you dig and get there in the journey, this is a war on humanity. <laughs> I, it that, really I, is. I say that all the time. Yeah, this is definitely a war on humanity. This is, we are in the battle for the free will of humanity. And I, I, don't know I agree. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard my beekeeper analogy, but I always say that, you know, that, you know how they say that if all uh, bees go, then human beings will cease to exist. And I say that I think that America is like the beekeepers, that it's incumbent upon America to preserve the free will of humanity because where America goes, so the world follows. I agree with you. And I think there are some things in place here that provide us with the opportunity. You know, you see people stepping up and uniting. Well, if you see, it's because you're not following media. It's Mm -hmm. sinful. Media is sinful. I'm not going to generically say every media because that's, that's not the truth. And there's good journals, but mainstream, it is so, I, I, I honestly would love to talk with, and I've done a lot of TV shows and, and, and I'm not talking about media. Who's just journalism and reporting on things. I'm talking about, you know, I watched one with Don Lemon and Cuomo, uh, who like their character has been shown, but I'm like, how are you going to look yourself in the mirror later? They were literally blasphemizing and slandering ivermectin. They were screaming fear about, you know, juiced up numbers. And it's, it's just so soulless because what we need is trustworthy people to say, okay, there is a challenge. We're going to have honesty. We're going to have transparency. We're going to have the best and the brightest. We're going to have open discourse. We're going to find the solution. And all throughout, we're going to include you. We're going to let you know about this with transparency. We're not going to have false fear. Uh, we're going to have care for people all over. We know that one size doesn't fit all. And it's just, I have a really tough time when, when people are losing their logic and losing their love Mm-hmm. simply because fear is being screamed at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that, but that is what the media sells. The media sells fear because yeah. the agenda. And I, I do agree with you. There's people above, you know, the, I call them the powers that be. Um, yeah. Yep. I say the great awakening combats the great reset. The people who are the powers that be are trying to force the great reset. Um, yeah. I'd love to even talk on that because it's, uh, that's what this is. And again, people in their journey may simply think, oh, nope, this is a, a pandemic and there's a variant. And I get that. It is a vehicle that is being used by the Great Reset to accomplish the Great Reset. And this is stuff where it's like, I'm even hesitant to use this language because people are going to be like, oh, conspiracy, tinfoil, lose credibility. There is a restructuring of the world to, uh, this is the hard truth. You and me, Courtney, are not viewed as you and me, Courtney, and Alex. We are viewed by the powers that be as a threat to their survival on this planet. And so the best, and and, and as I say that, I just encourage people to flash back through history. This has happened before. Mm -hmm. There has been powers that be who view the masses as simply that, the masses, peasants, throw them at building a pyramid, mm-hmm. throw them at a war, kill them off. We don't like what they look like or who they worship. Now, our technology has changed a lot. The world looks very different, but 
but do you really think that us human beings, the creation of life, you really think we've evolved so much since the, all this evil has happened in the last years? I, I don't think we have. No, we haven't. We, we haven't. And the, the technology has been in the works for a very long time. You know, I mean, Lord Birkenhead over 100 years ago talked about the rise of the technocracy. Um, he talked about the transhuman agenda that Bertrand Russell almost 100 years ago. This is, this is not new, yeah. <laughs> um, but most people have not studied history, so they're really not aware. Um, I'm curious, though, you moved to Colorado. What was what prompted that? What prompted that is I'll give my truly from the soul answer. Mm -hmm. um, I feel I have felt like I have skill sets and abilities to be very effective in the force of good here. Now, I really value and am proud of who I have built being a ninja warrior, speaker, author, humanitarian focused person. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful. I go to schools, I go to companies, I go to universities, I talk with them. There's real impacts, real moments. I connect with people after they give me a hug. It's, they tell me about their lives. I get messages. I love it. So I want to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, stepping up to be a force for good is going to somehow create enemies because they don't know that they're trusting people who don't deserve their trust, I guess is the best way to put it. So in wrestling with that, it was after competing on American Ninja Warrior. I was like, I just need some air. Like I just need some breath and three people in one day, three people in one day, uh, said to me, have you ever been to Boulder? Mm. One person I never met before once was a lunch meeting out of nowhere. He goes, how about Boulder? Mm -hmm. I was like, what? My mom, at the end of the day, I called her to say, hi. She goes, have you ever been to Boulder? Wow. I'm the third person. I was like, book, book my ticket came out here, got a cabin. I was finishing writing the book. I'm like, this is great. I'll be like Hemingway. I'm in a cabin. <laughs> and that's not what happened. I just had one of the most uh, intense, you know, believe whatever you want to believe. I'm just telling you my experience. It was one of the most intense spiritual, uh, what is going on bigger than me experiences of my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> like trying to explain it with this reality would be, would be very difficult. And what that, one of the part of the voice that came was leap and people will catch you and that you are supposed to be a leader of, of the force for good, the great awakening, all of this. So I wrestled with that, uh, for a while. Now I was like, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to be in Boulder. So I moved to Boulder. That was the reason it wasn't because of traffic or it was because I felt like, and I want, you know, spirituality. And when I talk about soul, I also work in a lot of type A environments. I compete on American Ninja Wire for crying out loud. I work with corporate executives, you know, I speak. So I understand the logistical type A go-getter world. Right. Over the last years, I've been opened up to more of what is going on out there. And, uh, it's very powerful. Yeah. So I knew that my soul was stumbling was supposed to be in Boulder and it's been a great chapter. I have wrestled with this for about seven months of <laughs> stepping up, but also having fear because I have lost work. I've lost friends and I'm still wrestling with it. Um, 
but in my heart and my soul, and I'll say it here, I, I think I'm going to run for a very prominent, uh, political office. Like, I think I'm like, I, I feel it in me of like January, like I, I pretty positive. I'm going to run for president. Um, I just need a mustard. I'm going to run for president, uh, like pretty positive in my heart and soul. Um, and, uh, or being a leader of people, but I'm, I'm rapidly approaching a time where I'm ready to throw everything away that I've built and fall free fall into standing up for people. Awesome. Well, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of had that suspicion. Um, I think I saw you Which one? thing about uh, the oval and I was like, <laughs> I think he may have some aspirations there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I look at the clown shows doing it and I look at my background and, and uh, you know, I'm going to make a video and share it. I, I just like, who wants a politician? Who wants a politician to be their leader? A politician by nature. If you've been a politician and you've risen in the ranks, it means you've had to compromise. You've had to say yes when, you, when your integrity wanted you to say no. You're slick. You're slimy. Get out of here. Well, yeah, totally. Well, I think that is a lot, large portion of what Trump's success was, was that he was Agreed. a populist uh, leader. Uh, people didn't see him as necessarily a politician, um, regardless of what your views on him particularly are. Totally. Uh, but that is really how people. So since we, we have that on the table, I'm very curious some of your thoughts, because you've talked a lot about like the people, you know, and certainly the humanitarian aspect. And I am 100 percent in agreement with you. This, this is a spiritual battle. This is good versus evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's pretty simplistic, but within that, uh, there's a lot of complexity because humanity is quite complex and uh, the, you know, we'll call them the powers that be are uh, masters of, you know, complicated webs. So did we lose you? There we go. No, uh, no, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, here, I'm, I'm here. So I, okay. I am curious your thoughts on some of the issues that are that are plaguing, and, and I say, we'll start with America, because if you're running for an American office, you know, that's first and foremost, and I think it affects the entire world, as I said, you know, the beekeeper analogy. So I think yeah. you know, what goes on here is really important. So could you tell me what are some of the issues that you think are really plaguing us that you would love to see, uh, that you think you could have uh, an impact and do something about? I, I have been a fan of you know, I don't know enough about Elon Musk, but Elon Musk or, you know, and again, I, I, I say these names with what we need is someone to come in who has no ties. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, and that'll be difficult to do because the powers that be are going to repel that at every place. And honestly, I don't have a lot of faith in uh, voting integrity. I don't have a lot of faith in our system at all. Um, I actually think a two-party system is a clown show. It's the greatest, ha, it's bananas. I don't believe in everything red. I don't believe in everything blue. It's, it's, it's idiotic. Those that you have to, themselves were flipped. They were inverted in the eighties anyway, but go on. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's, it's idiotic that if I believe one thing about economics, I need to believe another thing about civil liberties and rights. And it's, that's nonsense. Um, and so many people feel that way. So many people refer to themselves as purple or, or, and whatever that may be. My point being, why I bring up Elon Musk is Elon Musk has enough money and he has enough business uh, like savvy 
where he would just come in and he would run America like a business that had been going badly and needed to be righted. And that's the kind of mentality we need in operation, a system, a championship coach would be a great leader. Someone who can come in and say, all right, this isn't working. How can we make it work? And what you need to do that is you need objectivity. You need to be a lover of all people, which coaches are, which a lot of great business, real business leaders are, is they love all the different people in, in their company. So I, you know, those are skill sets that I have that I feel like would be well suited for this. I, I just think that as long as we have someone who got promoted from this flawed system, we're going to have a flawed result. And it's just, this is, there's, I'm so grateful to be an American because we have that spirit and we have some logistical tools such as bang, bang that, uh, (laughs) you know, so my, my, my point being, I agree with you that this will begin or, or the tide will either go one way or the other in America. And that's not a, you know, I see what's happening all over the world and it's beautiful. The people that are uprising and absolutely. And if anything, I think they're just looking to America as an ally of, of a change. Well, I think I think I would take it a step further. I think they're looking to us to, you know, lead the way, like, you know, the, the yeah. big brother who can uh, take their hand and protect them. Uh, they really are. I've had so many people when I first started speaking out who reached out to me from all over the world saying, we are looking to you. Please, please do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, our lives depend on it. And they know that it really is their lives depend on it. If it is, about, you know, like a, a rough few years, they, they know that it's humanity that's at stake. Um, but so you say that, you know, you're, you like somebody who is not from the system, but there's yeah. a couple of things going on, you know, like you, you bring up Elon Musk and there's a couple of things that are at play that are, I think are really significant. Like we have an incredibly powerful, I call them the, the mic, the MIC, <laughs> um, mm. and it's a, and it's twofold. It's the military industrial complex, but it's also the medical, medical industrial complex, um, so those are really, really big players that have major controlling forces yeah. and they're incredibly complex. Um, we also have, you know, and this has been at play for well over two centuries, uh, an ideological subversion that has been, you know, an undercurrent because you, you, there's a, the, the way that these powers work tends to be a top-down kind of structure. You know, what you're talking about really is a power of the people, which is, you know, the, American- the only way this will happen is if all of us, and obviously it'll never be a hundred percent, but I mean, my beliefs, I think are what a lot of Americans believe, which all stems back to autonomy and self-reliance and freedom and liberty and love and expression. And so where I think it's silly, he, he, let me put it this way. And this is going to piss off probably red and blue. And I hope it does because okay. it's stupid. On one side, you've got Blue, who says, our bodies, our rights, we decide what we do with our human body, but inject yourself with this. So you got an abortion and vaccine. Then on the red, though, same thing. They say, our body, our rights, don't inject us. But when it comes to your body and what you do with that life form, that's our say. 
and both you can't do that and that is the well, problem of red and blue that that's not the best example i understand when you're, you're talking about there's lots of examples with nuances but that's actually not the best example because the problem there is twofold when you're talking about abortion there's two problems one problem is it is the constitution it's a state's rights issue it, it there's it never should be a federal issue it is always state's right so Roe v. Wade was actually unconstitutional because it made it federal. So that's the first problem with it. Mm. So regardless whether you agree with abortion, you disagree with abortion, it should never be a federal issue. It's a state's rights issue. And we have a 10th Amendment, so we have states' rights, federalism. That's what this country was predicated on. And it, it's why it's the United States of America. It's, it's 50 sovereign, independent, united yeah. states. Here's the other problem, though, is that it's not one person's life. So here's a really interesting fun fact, right? When you... If somebody were to murder a pregnant woman, it's considered a double homicide, right? But then when it's abortion, it's the mother's life. And so, so why is it two when it comes to homicide? I, I hear you. I think so. Okay. So there's the mic, and this is a good discussion. There's the micro and a, a very important detail of of understanding, okay, where in that pregnancy journey does a, uh, that is a, that is something to discuss. Okay. When is it a life form? That is something to discuss before that though. I mean, fundamentally with how our view is of the world on blue and on red, in my experience, knowing people on both sides who are very passionate on both sides, the view is forget the details. Yeah, Yeah. The view is that blue in my experience, is my body my choice except for that? Red is my body my choice except for that. Mm-hmm. And both of that is flawed. You can't pick and choose. And I often think that we need, and I, I, my belief is that we either decide it's not your body, it's not your choice, or we decide it's your body, it's your choice for everything. And ultimately, a mother's body is a mother's body. Ultimately, someone who wants to get vaccinated or not vaccinated is their body. And I, I just don't see... I see that as a fellow citizen, we might say, but we want that child to live. Of course, we might say as a citizen, but if they don't get vaccinated, I'm going to get infected. Of course. But regardless, that's not our place. That is their body to decide what they do with. And this is just, on. I, I just, uh, I feel passionate with it because I think it's an example of how our beliefs stop being logical at some point and and that is dangerous so i i will i'll hop in there in because in terms of the premise of what you're talking about about right versus left republicans versus yeah, yeah. I, I i actually completely agree with you um you know i believe the two-party system was created to have the left go further left because for the left you go it, it leads to totalitarianism they want to create a feudal system that is their goal it's in all the white papers mm-hmm. I, I'm that dork that reads the white papers. They, they wow, say yeah. they it all out. It's very clear. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's where the yeah. nothing and you'll be happy comes from. You know, it's the yep. system. Um, they want to track, stack, and pack. That's what the building these cities, these control grids, that's what it's all about. Um, so that's very clear. And that's not a conspiracy theory. They lay it out. They tell yeah. that. Um, however, I don't think I understand your point and, you know, fully respect it. I don't know that it's the best example of it. I do think there's hypocrisy on all sides, but I think that the right was created uh, to be controlled opposition for the left. I, I actually do believe that. And I think we see so much of it because when the left is in power, you know, they move further left. They just keep going. 
Uh, and they've done that, you know, for as long as we've had this system. And when the right is in power, they hold the line. You even hear that term, right? Hold the line. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. And the analogy I use is like a game of tug of war. So when you play right. tug of war, you, you know tug of war well, right? right. <laughs> so it's like right. when you play tug of war, you have somebody, they'll, they'll just pull an inch and you're like, okay, fine. I just hold the ground, right? It's only an inch. They pull another inch. They keep pulling inches and inches. And suddenly you're like, how did I get like miles down the road? Yeah, yeah. Line for an inch. But that's what happens. And I do believe, you know, not I, these are generalizations, obviously, there's exceptions all the time. Um, but in general, I do believe that's a structure that was set up. Um, and really what it, it does need to be the America, America, the United States of America was designed as the first experiment in the history of the world as an experiment in self-governance. And unfortunately, it's gotten very, very far away from self So I guess uh, let me put this as a question to you because you are interested in doing something about this, right? So there are a lot of powers and a lot of, um, it's a very tough uh, thing to uh, extradite from. So how do you think that we can get back to self-governance and wrangle uh, the power back for the people and away from this uh, incredibly dominating force? It would be uh, someone stepping up mm-hmm. to actually be a voice for the people. And of course, not everyone is going to agree with every single thing, sure. but there is a lot of Americans, blue and red, who if someone were to speak up and actually have their interest at heart, yeah, which that's the thing. I don't believe that ev- any of the leaders actually have our interests at heart. Um, There's a lot of other interests. If someone did step up and show that and have beliefs on topics that most people could agree with, and even if they didn't, they could see the logic and, and, and and the ones that were really important to them, that's the ones that are, that are being protected here. Um, We live in a time with technology where that individual could connect with people and grow a community to the size and be an outlier that came in mm-hmm. and that I'm not saying that that's, that would be easy to do, but it would be possible. We live in a GoFundMe world. We live in a viral world, a, a community driven world where if an outlier did come in with good interests and a skill set and abilities connect with people and build that movement, right. it could be a force. So how do you combat, because there are a lot of people who have this sentiment. Um, however, a lot of them have been taken out because there's egregious censorship. Um, there is yeah. incredible control. I mean, there's, I, I don't know how many of this you've seen with these doctors who've come in, come out and spoken truth on many things, What even yep. before this current you know, milieu, right? And they've been suddenly suicided, which is very interesting. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of that and it's suicide. Say say more on that. Yeah. So I, I use the term Clinton, which apparently is in the urban dictionary too. Um, but you know, there's a, there, there's instances of people who've spoken out against things and then suddenly they've disappeared and they've had, you know, unknown cause of death or if they've been killed, uh, which is a little strange, you know, it's like one coincidence. You're like, okay. Two coincidences. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then when you see, start to see numbers of this, and I, I, this is on so many, you know, it's been on the juice. It's been on the, uh, 
uh, on the tests. It's been even before this, you know, before 2019, there was all sorts of instances um, of doctors and people speaking out who had power. And then there's just even small people who, you know, I know I've, I've experienced tremendous censorship. And uh, I don't think I'm a particularly, you know, inflammatory kind of a voice, you know, yeah. um, you know, yeah. I like to have discourse, but that's yeah. not always uh, accepted. So I, that's what I think is, you know, I do agree. There needs to be a movement. That's how this, that, that is the only way to have any power is the people to rise up. And I think, you know, with what's going on right now, like you said, with uh, across the world, we're seeing all these people rising up. And I wish there were a little bit more of that here, to be really honest. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people here are a little bit complacent, like you said, that if they just go along with some of these mandates, then their lives are normal. And, you know, my reaction to that is, wow, you're the freest slave I've ever heard of. <laughs> You know, wow. it's like you have to wow. do this in order to have freedom. That's what happens in a prison cell. You follow yeah. these rules and then you, you, yeah. you're free, but you're not free. You're a prisoner. So. Yeah. Well, it's one where, you know, I, this is going to come to a head. Mm-hmm. It just is because the more time that goes on, right, the more that people are being people with mm-hmm. not everyone, but more people are using their minds and using their hearts and, yeah. and experiencing some of what they've been told to not really factually show up in the way that they were yelled it was gonna. And so they're questioning things. Now, as that questioning keeps going, the oppressive measures are also going to keep going and that gap is going to be bigger. And so I truly believe that we are going to come to a head with this you know, it's funny. I saw something on, I, I try not to check the updates for my mental health, but part of me, because <laughs> I am passionate about this does, you know, and then there's like, there's going to be an update. There's going to be a, uh, a wave in January. And it's just interesting. It's just interesting. Why January? Why not end of December? And to <laughs> me, I think psychologically, they know that if they were to say the holidays are off, yeah, that would do it. We're out. You kidding me? I don't get to see my mom and my dad. I don't get to celebrate. The kids don't get to. Nope. We're done with you. I think they know that. They do. So they're basically like, go have your holidays. But when you get back, we're going to get you. And I'm done. You know, I'm done. And um, it's just, I, I try to have a lot of empathy because I also have friends who's are like, you know, I lost someone to COVID. And they're like, how they, they message me. They're like, stop doing what you're doing. Like, and I'm, and it's just so important. They don't understand that I'm on their team. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that. I understand that COVID is an illness that is impacting people where we're on the same team is what I want is let's have the best and the brightest freely discover, share data, share research and best solution wins. No ego, no interest, no $39 billion to serpent corporations, best solution for humanity wins. And that will freaking save your brother. That will save your dad. Save my mom who's who's at stage four cancer, but we're not doing that. We're saying your solution is not monetized in our mechanism. So you're out. And the degree to which you're out is we take your livelihood, we ban you, potential death. Mm -hmm. And I just ask people listening, 
just think on that with a logical open mind. Don't you want people in charge who actually want the best and the brightest to come together and solve something? Of course. Of course. But not not everyone does. Not everyone does. But uh, absolutely. That that would yeah. be the deal, you would think. I mean, did you, I don't know if you heard Dr. Peter McCullough talk about how that it's been around for 17 years and, you know, it's kind of a... Uh, Interesting that after 17 years, there's no uh, cure and that the things that are seem to be working very well are being suppressed. So yes, uh, immensely. So, and, and this is what I wonder if someone listening, what would they say to that doctor? Would they say, no, you're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. Just, just the best solution that I've gotten from, because I've had in, you know, talks with some of my friends who are very intelligent and think differently than I do. And sometimes what they'll say to me is like, you've gotten other vaccines. Why won't you just get this? And I think that's an interesting question to, to discuss with people, mm-hmm. regardless of if you've been or not. Mm-hmm. What I find is that no other vaccine has had this level of force and marketing and pressure. $10 billion to sell a medical miracle. You would think a miracle would sell itself, but apparently not. <laughs> it needs $10 billion yeah. behind it because, because it's a miracle. So, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what, here's the real thing. And this is something that I, I, I want to continue to talk with you offline and we're going to do a part two of this. I hope. At least. Yeah. I would love yeah. it. I would love it. Yeah. Um, is what do we do? Yeah, my intention exactly. with my intention with team people and yeah. the town hall is yeah. my pillars are brave and honest. That is like that is who I want to be in this world are those two things. Mm-hmm. And those are not easy things in our current world to be. It's not easy Ooh. to be brave. I have I think that is one of the most powerful traits that a creature can have is bravery. And then honesty. And yeah. honest in times when it's like really scary. So my yeah. intention uh, with this community was to bring people together because I've met so many people like you, Courtney. I've met so many people in these different who run communities, yeah. but I feel like we need something cohesive yeah. because or else we're just going to be frayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And that is their intention. They want to atomize people. That's a, you know, yeah. very, very evident. You, you don't need to read yeah. the white papers to know, but they say it. <laughs> um, I have so much to learn from you. <laughs> awesome. Happy, happy to share. Um, I, let me know when I get annoying, but you know, never. <laughs> um, I want to ask you really quick before, and we will definitely do a part two because I'd have. love to. Um, yeah. Awesome. But before we wrap up, I'd love to hear just a little bit about the men's groups and like what you're doing with them and why you started them. So the men's group, thank you for asking the men's group. I'm a team guy. I was in, you know, hockey, lacrosse fraternities. I've lived with guys. I, I love guys. And uh, don't make that sound weird. Don't take it out of context. You know, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I won us lacrosse coach of the year. Like I love what is possible. And, and, and this is like, I've had so many amazing women in my life, whether that's family or relationships who have challenged and lifted me up. Amazing. There is something primal that happens when men are together yeah. and what I, so I was in a dark chapter in 2020 because of a lot of this. So like I've said this before, I'm not on the bleachers. I've had suicidal thoughts. 
I've had my family get sick and be scared and not know what to do and break up because of fights. My dad and brother are surgeons. I, I get this all. So I'm in this. Yeah. Um, my fire is deep for this. So at the end of 2020, I was like, something needs to change. And I felt it in me of starting a movement of starting a brotherhood. And I wrote down on a list. I wrote men I admire because I didn't admire all of myself and I wanted to. And I wrote down some people in the world that I admired some, some people that I knew or worked with or friends or some people I didn't even know. And I made a list mm -hmm. men I admire. And I go, that's it. That's what it is. I want to become a man that I admire. And I started thinking about other men that I knew who were similar and what the group has become. We're now a year in and we are a force and it's going to keep growing. Mm -hmm. It's for high achieving men to be and become men we admire in all areas of our lives, in our career and aspirations, in our relationships. You want to be, you want to be that guy in the relationship. You want to be that brother. You want to be that son. You want to be that father. Mm -hmm. And then for yourself. And there's a million and one ways you can be a man nowadays. Beautiful. Go do it. This is the man that we're going to be. And what is powerful about it is we are strong. We got a lot of force. We are powerful and we come with love and empathy. So my vision for this is a, a movement of men who are the men values that I and these other men want to be strong, reliable, work with your hands, think with intellect, ask questions, be brave, be honest, and be a damn force for good. I love it. So allow men to actually be men. So I, I will close with this. Uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, the, the toxic masculinity? <laughs> oh, it exists. I've had friends. I've had it in me too. What we don't understand is that what we're labeling toxic masculinity is a bunch of hurt, wounded boys and men in big bodies who go do things in the world because we're not okay inside. So why these communities are so important is because in a place where you see and are with other guys that you can relate to, you can say, I'm actually not over that relationship ending. I'm actually not doing okay right now. And we can work on it with other people who have your back. I call it the gym. It's like having a spotter with you. Because yeah. when we do that, you're not going to see that man go out in the world and be disrespectful to a woman or get blackout drunk and do something dumb or, or punch somebody or whatever it may be because we're actually working on the root cause. Yeah, no, that's absolutely so true. And I think, you know, the one other thing I will add, and I, it sounds like this is something you want to foster an environment uh, to prevent from happening, but I see a lot of women, uh, a lot, a lot of men, sorry, not having the opportunity to be men, you know, they're, they do have a, uh, you know, a need to, they are more aggressive. They, you know, that they, they are strong. They need to build, they need to create. Uh -huh. um, so they need to protect, provide all these things, yeah. these biological needs that men have. Um, and when they're told that, you know, it's not okay uh, for them to, you know, work, work out their aggressions or two, and they don't have an outlet for them. I think that that is where a lot of the problems arise. And when they're told that, you know, the very core of who they are is toxic, um, that that's devastating, you know? So I, yeah. I, think, I think fraternities, you know, not in the sense of uh, college fraternities, uh, but, you know, brotherhood and the, you know, the mm -hmm. outlet for men to understand and be able to build role modeling is, is so incredibly important, you know? I've heard from, when I've shared, and I'm going to be sharing more about the group in the weeks to come, I've heard uh, so many from women who have reached out and said, thank you for doing this. Yeah. And there's someone in my life, my brother, my boyfriend. My, yeah. And so that is, I, I've had also like, 
and we've had men who look like different things who have the, you know, be a part of this. So that's, what's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm ready for people to not know anything about it and attack it of like, great, a bunch of guys being together. And it's like, you don't actually know anything about our hearts and who we are and why we're doing it. Yeah, no, I'm super excited to see what comes of it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree. Women need men, uh, you know, weak men and a society where men are not men is not a good society. Uh, it is very dangerous and it, women can't be men. I don't care what you say. I don't care what people want to make people believe we are not, we're not men. There's a lot that men can do that. I just cannot do. Sorry. Um, and I don't want to do quite honestly, really. I, well, there's I'm a lot of things. Women, you know, men women do, I mean, you give birth that like blows <laughs> my mind. <laughs> that women can like I, I think we've become numb or used to how astonishing that is that you all create life in you. So it's uh you know yeah. The mutual respect, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I know that we need to wrap this up, but I am so, this was so wonderful. And we will definitely do a part two. So we'll, we'll coordinate and figure that out. But I would love if, to. Yay. So if you have any uh, closing things you want to leave people with, and of course, tell them where to find you and find your book and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And absolutely for part two. And you and I are going to talk too about how we can, uh, and I'd love to hear from people who are listening to of, of ideas and how we can keep coming together because there is strength in numbers. And uh, mm -hmm. part of why I started that community, it's a town hall. We meet every Sunday. You can yeah. follow me on Instagram. I'm Alex Weber, one B and Weber. That's also my website. And, you know, professionally, I do keynote speaking, which I love. I've gotten to speak at schools and universities and companies and um, about all these, uh, a lot of topics we talked about. And the book is called Fail Proof. It's on Amazon. And uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to you, Courtney, for having me. And uh, I've learned a lot. And, and when we do part two, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions of you because I have so much to learn. Uh, but I, I thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to part two. So, awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs>